Hey everyone, it's Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hi Is Chad. Hi Cameron. No, that's not it. Oh. Bef- I just I want to get that out of the way before we start. I wanted to give a little like a little disclaimer or PSA, I don't know. Um last week Chad and I were we're goofing around. We we're telling some jokes that were kind of inappropriate. I I just want to like clear the airspace and make sure everyone's on the same page. Um neither Chad nor myself condone watching Star Wars films or going to theaters. Yeah, so it's a joke. Um, yeah, yeah, we're sorry about that. I I know it, it could have been upsetting to people who aren't, you know, made aware ahead of the time that we were we going talked about going to movie theaters and seeing those fucking Star Wars movies. But it kind of ran long. I feel like it was a funny podcast. joke for the first like 5 minutes and it's like, you know what, listening to this again, I don't know. And you don't want to like delete the episode because we maybe put some work into it, and we have to have content, or you lose subscribers and all that. I mean, it's long longtime fans will get a kick out of it. But if that was your first episode, please don't think that represents either of our characters or mm-hmm. our morals. Um, but with that out of the way, when I think about uh, having sex with Kylo Ren, it's not actually Kylo Ren; it's the actor's actor's name, but I don't remember what it is. Adam Driver. There you go. I want to driver that ass. I'm really, I feel really bad for the, uh, the, <laughs> the Disney workers. What about them? The, the Kylo Ren actors are getting like the same amount of harassment that the Jack Sparrow actors were. At Disneyland? Yeah. Why? Cause like these like pathetic soccer moms keep flirting with them. Oh. And getting like really inappropriate in front of the children to the point where they, so they stopped doing Jack Sparrow because it was getting way too much. They had to have like security follow the, the Jack Sparrow around and like peel these women off if they're like if they're given the hand signal, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they just they stopped doing Jack Sparrow altogether. There's no more pirates walking around. They're doing the Kylo Ren because they really they committed to the Star Wars thing, and so they have to have the characters out. So they have Kylo Ren, but Kylo is always uh, supported by two stormtroopers. And there are mm-hmm. also invisible guards that are trailing behind by like twenty feet. I'm looking. I, I feel like I've heard this before, but it sounds so ridiculous that I I don't know if it's true. So I'm trying no, to find like horny moms chase Jack Sparrow away, and it's not helping me at all. And I'm probably not googling this well. Did you put in the word Disneyland? Yes. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> there was. This it's mostly creepy... Disney firing Johnny Depp. Oh. There's a there's this creepy um like there's a Facebook page for uh Raylo fans and it's all these like pathetic women that just fantasize about Kylo Ren all the time. And this one lady she she was bragging about how she got kicked out of Disneyland by by apparently crossing a line. And she talks about like the stuff that she was saying to this Kylo Ren where it's like and I go, apparently that was a step too far cuz that's when the security came for me. And then, like everyone else is like, "Oh, I wish I was as brave as you." That was that was so much fun, and they're like uh, supporting her. It's weird. Is he always wearing the mask? Yeah, I don't get it. There could be anybody under that mask. Yeah, it's weird. I'll be honest. I'm not having any luck finding some of this with Google, but I I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> That's good. I I believe it. It only because I believe that people are can be garbage like we have the 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 vast ability to be just walking sacks of trash and it sounds like something that humans would do 
Which is the problem when you get your news from Facebook, because it's just like, it's all believable. Not all of it's true. It's weird. I'm having a lot of trouble finding that article. It seems like something Kotaku would write, so let's try that. Kotaku, women, harass, Star Wars. Cost of being a woman who covers video games. If here's someone getting harassed in an online, scumbags harass women for working on Mass Effect. Yeah, maybe you didn't use the right words again. Jack Sparrow. Um, I'm gonna say, okay, Disneyland. Oh, here we go. Jack Sparrow ruined Disney's Pirates of the, by Kotaku. No, that's the ride. Oh. Um, harassment. What if we just figured out none of this was actually real by doing basic searches that people were too lazy to do? Bizarre. I can't find, um, Google just doesn't work anymore. Everyone's it fucking about- sucks using it at work when I'm trying to find parts and like I'm just like looking for a specific thing and the first six pages are like ads and they don't even link to the site selling it. They're just like here's Zorro.com. Maybe it has it. We don't know. And it's like yeah, yeah Zorro's great, but I'm not. I-, I need like the specific part now. I don't feel like searching and then going into their search. You're supposed to fucking find me what I want. That was our deal, Google. You steal yeah. all my data and you tell me things I need right away. Yeah, that's the that's the danger of Google having a monopoly is if they don't provide the service anymore. Like I, mm-hmm. I think most people are okay with Google's monopoly when it works, but as soon as it's no longer helpful, then it's like, wait a minute, now what do we do? Yeah, because like not everything you need is on McMaster Car, where it's super easy to find stuff. Uh, <laughs> I did it. This uh, this podcast brought to you by McMaster Car. I love McMaster Car so much. <laughs> Oh, what were we boy. talking about? Um, Star Wars. So did Star you hear about Wars. the big um, the Battlefront 2 update? No. So they got this like Galactic Conquest mode that's like the preferred mode now. It's just so much better than normal. Uh, it has less hero spawns, and it's a little more um, like you want to capture points, and it feels more like a Battlefront game. Okay. And it's... Uh, so they make a bit... <laughs> I guess the downside of the mode is that it's locked to only the Clone Wars. So, like, a third of the characters are not available. Oh. And it's only clones and droids. And there's only, like, three planets or something. So, they did a big update where now they put in the sequels. So, that's cool. But they also added a new hero. Can you guess what hero was missing from the roster? Um, Baba Yaba. No, it was BB-8. You can be BB-8 in Star Wars, Rise of the Star Wars. You can be BB-8, or if you're on the Empire side, you can actually be BB-9E, which is oh, kind of little... cool, because they normally don't do these like mirror characters. That is um, kind of... I guess that's cool. I don't know. So, the best part is that BB-8's like totally overpowered, and he's ruining the game. Is he like super fast, or what? Like He's, he's such so, a tiny little guy. So, I, I'm going to put this... Okay, picture Battlefront, where mm-hmm. it's literally like your stormtroopers, you have these inaccurate rifles... Okay, you're about. It's about being on the front lines and like having a, an a vantage point and shooting, in a massive war zone. Okay, now they put in a character that's like wrecking ball, with Hammond's gun that you don't have to aim, with Reaper's ult. Oh, he just like spins around and kills everybody. And the best part is, uh, like the other characters don't have ults. They gave BB-8 an ult for no reason. Does he have to like build up to it or? Um, it's on a cooldown, but, like, you spawn with it. Huh. It, it's, like, he, he's also, like, when he goes real fast, it's like Wrecking Ball, where you literally just knock people over. 
So if you need to get out of the way, you can literally just push everyone out of the way and leave. He can like nice. 1v1 Darth Vader. Because he can zoom in and zap them and roll away, and Darth Vader's like chasing them with his crutches, going like, oh, come back here. It's like, it's completely broken. Sounds like it. So, anyways, I love Battlefront 2 Rise of the Re- Revenge. It's weird. Like, I was like, okay, game design's kind of hard, but it's not that hard. I don't know how you make mistakes like that. I have to wonder if, um, if they care. Like, there might Probably be a not. point where hey, the contract's up. They're not going to pay us for anything more than maintenance. Um, no one's buying the game anymore. They put out the Game of the Year edition. This is it. Uh, you know, writing's on the wall. They're they're not going to carry this into the next year. So it's like, ah, uh, let's just have fun with it. Because mm-hmm. that's what's going on with Heroes of the Storm. And honestly, that's making the game better. Because they're taking risks. Like, there's there's no uh, forced eSport thing. So they're not paying attention to balance anymore. Oh, and it's just, just like, hey, here's a cool new character. It's crazy. And people have fun with it. And then they kind of reel it in a bit. Sure. That makes sense. Maybe. I'm guessing. I don't know. I think it makes sense. Makes a whole two pennies. That's a lot of sense. Yay. Um, Did you want to talk about something that's not controversial, like HP Lovecraft? We could do that. Oh, no. Everyone loves the HP Lovecraft. I should go grab... Oh, it's too far away. I was going to grab the book, so I have so I have all his collected works. Well, go walk away from the computer for five seconds, you lazy, oh, fat, I'll make noise. i edit out. Creaky, creaky chair. I'm going to do my impression of Chad. Ichuwangabahugawuki. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Cameron, you're such a goofball. I call my cat a goofball a lot, because he's a fucking goofball. What the fuck? Where's the... There it is. Okay, we're good. Uh, wow, this looks like a fucking mess. And I just clipped the mic. Sorry, everybody. This is our worst show. Last week was maybe our best show ever, and this is our worst one. Yeah, this is horrible. We fucking suck. I'm going to Google more. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody wants. It's just to be on the computer. Why the fuck is this so loud now? Google. Hit the button. How to button. make a better podcast. Uh, the key to a successful podcast. A, equipment. Two, be an expert. Number five, the length. Why is... What is the key? What about the girth? Because I, I have girth. It, no, it just is the length. Dot, dot, oh, dot. man. If I was a porn star and I did a lot of country music, I'd name myself Girth Brooks. Okay, number six is engage your guest. I don't have a guest. Number seven is listen. I'm No, I'm talking. I'm not listening. That's what a podcast is. Number eight is plan. Shouldn't plan be like way earlier? <laughs> yeah, you'd think. We're really bad at this, but that list is really bad at this too. This is from timecamp.com. Don't well, go there. Timecamp's dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, I grabbed my Lovecraft book. I know you saw the, the Color Out of Space movie. Yeah, I saw Color Out of Space. How was it? I enjoyed it. I don't understand why it's a limited release. I want to see it so bad it's not playing. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's literally confusing. It, well, Nicolas uh, Cage is in it. He's it's always a Nicolas Cage movie, and even for his movies, this is less weird than some of them. I'm curious how they end up adapting it, because I'm pretty sure the guy in the book... It's been a little bit since I've read that story, but he doesn't have, like, a family or anything. He's kind of, like... Lovecraft is a lot of, like, architects, and someone's, like, showing up, and it's just, like, a thing's happening, and he's stuck there or whatever, but I don't think there was a lot. 
No, I think there was a family in the it. story. It just it, it, the family wasn't like the forefront of the story. I mean, this Page is a it's an adaptation. It's not it's not really like the the short story. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, like in the strictest sense, but I feel like the story is there, and the elements of horror are pretty much in line with the horror that comes across out of the story. So I don't know. I really liked it. Um, there's a scene. There's a black guy, and he walks in the room, and he sees a cat, and he says, hey, that's a nice cat. What's its name? And the lady in front of me laughed. <laughs> that is kind of funny, actually. Um, Yeah, I thought it was funny, like, a little bit. Not laugh out loud funny, and not laugh out loud in public funny. I feel like it's a good ha. Like, you, but... get, you get your one a ha. <laughs> I was telling this to my parents when I came home. They said, oh, how was the movie? And I said, well, there was a black guy. And I tell the whole story, um, and my mom's staring at me because she didn't get it. And then, like, a minute later, then my dad started laughing because he got it. Mm-hmm. And that made me laugh. So I flipped to the, the first couple pages of, of this book, Color Out of Space, and one of the things, man, Lovecraft's fucking paragraphs are just so stupid thick. I love it. I love the, the movie actually opened with, like, narration that was pretty much from the story. And oh, yeah. then it closes with that. And oh, I thought cool. that was super appropriate. Uh, have you read a lot of, of Lovecraft? No. He's an interesting author because he's honestly not that good at writing. I think there are there are elements of his writing that's that are pretty neat. It's not like wow, he's a great author, and maybe he's misunderstood. It's more like oh, he he put some interesting ideas to ink. Yeah, that that is really his big claim to fame. It's one of those like he he. he I've always considered him and heard that he's like, you know, the founder of cosmic horror, which I really like. But then you read his stuff and it's very much, I had an idea, we're going to write about that idea and we're going to ignore like all the things that make a good story, like characters and progression. Yeah, <laughs> and it's prose that, that isn't stupid. It's also, sometimes the idea is literally, what if we don't know what's scary and the fact that we don't know is what makes it scary. Yep. And the the unknown is a good source of fear but it's also weird that he kind of claims ownership of the idea of being afraid of things and say like, well that's kind of just how scary things are right i always like though that i feel like his stories make me feel small cuz usually the idea is i mean they're they're cosmic as in big or you know the, the idea that the universe is is so much bigger than we understand or there's so many things out there we don't understand and most people would be like, oh, that's cool. There's things we can learn. But Lovecraft is such a like weird hermit man. He's like, those things are scary. We must only cling to the things we know. It, but he's also kind of a guy of science. So it's like it, it, it feels like it doesn't line up very well. It, well, it's weird. Um, there's also like a weird understanding of science where uh, th- this is a problem we still have today. For some reason... The scientific method is to examine things and learn from it. Yes. But the human condition is to believe, oh, I've now mastered everything. Yeah. And that's a theme that comes across a little too firmly where, like, the limit of our scientific understanding when, whenever he was, like, reading a science book is, like, what if there was something even crazier than this that we can't comprehend? And then you give it 10 years and humanity figured it out. But th- that book was spooky, though. Ten years ago. Yeah. I, I remember uh, At the Mountains of Madness was always a fun one because it's like, 
at the time, I don't think we had really uh, done a lot of exploration in the a- Antarctic and the, you know, the, the polar caps kind of thing. Like we knew they existed, we'd been there, but we was, we were limited in just like how far we could go in because the, the weather is so harsh and it's hard, it's hard to survive over there. So like the idea of like we finally get there and we find these giant, you know, structures and temples and shit and you're just like, what the fuck is this? And the way the mountains are shaped, you know, they're like shaved down like flat, like something clearly did this. This wasn't man-made or it wasn't uh, nature-made. And all this stuff's really fun. Uh, and then, you, you know, of course, you get to the point where like, okay, we we have satellites, we can... 3D print or whatever an entire planet know everything about it you know it's not everything but the topography of it and so the the further in we get some of the stuff goes away but the idea itself is really cool like here's a familiar thing and then you find something that's so radically unfamiliar that it completely shifts your mental paradigm of of the planet and that's where he always comes from and those ideas are, are what I love about his stories even if a lot of the other stuff is middling I guess what I like about, and I was really looking forward to this one too, because I like Nicolas Cage and I like the story of Color Out of Space. It's kind of stupid and not that much happens, like if you really break it down. But I love the pacing of just things gradually, like weird things happen. And you're not even sure, like, at what point are the people going crazy? And this is just a like a superstition kind of thing. And at what point is something actually bad happening? And you're not sure when that threshold was crossed. Yeah. You know, I love that stuff. Um, I don't know. I I was talking, I think we talked a little bit about this new Warcraft patch where like it leans into this old guide Cthulhu stuff a lot. Yep, yep. I It's interesting how they like completely waste the whole potential because it's just, there's not that much depth, <laughs> I guess. Did, did I show you the, the finale cutscene for the whole expansion? Doesn't, like, someone kill someone and, like, rip a hole into the de- other, other underworld or something? No, that was the last expansion. Oh, so no, I don't think I've the new. I don't think I've seen the new one then. So this one, imagine the giant tentacle monster with a giant eyeball, okay? Okay. So there's a black dragon, and the black dragon has a dagger. So he stabs the monster with the dagger, and then it turns light and disappears. That's it. That's it. That's pretty lame. That's the that's the finale of the entire expansion. That was the battle for Azeroth. It's such a waste of like old god stuff too, because I feel like when you hear like the, the the term old god, like you, it conjures like just so many weird possibilities that you can work with, and just like oh, a dragon stabbed a tentacle with a knife and it died, and it's like oh, that's that's lame as shit. That that wasn't one of the possibilities I thought of. It's also kind of lame because of the the drama around it all. Like, the whole build-up, the characters are hallucinating things, and they're getting lost in their own minds, and they're they're imagining, like, worst-case scenarios and stuff, and they're turning against each other because they're getting, like, irritable, and they don't know why, and they're acting out of character. There's all this stuff that's, like, building up interesting. On top Mm -hmm. of that, um, this old god is the one that corrupted Deathwing and turned him crazy. Oh, interesting. I thought that was, like, Sargeras that did that. No, it was the old god, and what what makes it more interesting than that is his uh, Deathwing's son is the one that's like oh, we have to stop the old god, so he's the dragon that kills him. So this is like vengeance for not only cataclysm but also personally like ruining his family. Okay. So it's like I'll poke you. You died. Does the tentacle at least look cool? No, 
Well, you know, that's debatable. Uh, let me find a picture real quick. So, I guess, um, I guess my point is I love the idea of this stuff that gets into the cosmic horror. More often than not, it's not executed well. Yeah, I... F- uh, it, it, well, uh, like underwater. Um, I saw underwater last month. Yes. And it ends with Cthulhu in it. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's not like there's a, a cult ritual or madness or mind games or anything. It's just, what if there's a cool giant monster with, with tentacles and wings, and then they blow it up? And it's like, well, that's not really Cthulhu, then, is it? No, that that, that doesn't really work. Actually, the thing that with Call of Cthulhu is, like, he shows up, and then they end up, like, ramming him with a boat, and he turns around and leaves, and that's how that story ends. And it's just, like, he's supposed to be this terrifying, you know, undead priest thing that will bring in the rest of the old gods and destroy the universe or whatever and it's like yeah but someone hit him with a boat and he was just like oh i guess i don't need to go this way anymore like it's such a stupidly anticlimactic ending to that story so i don't know maybe it's appropriate um (laughs) that underwater was lame too i know because to me like I, i feel like cosmic horror started as this stuff right that like lovecraft did and it's these specific kinds of of monsters and the universe and things but I've always looked at it a little more broadly as, as like I said, something that makes me feel small. Um, so I don't know if you've seen the movie Coherence. No, I haven't. Tell so me this is it. on Netflix. This is a pretty cool movie. Uh, but these people are having a party, and a meteor flies overhead, and, and it it quickly turns into, like, a multiverse thing, and people are like, oh, all the, the lights on the, the whole town are out, but theirs, and then, like, one down the street. And so they're like, well, what do we do? They they start panicking and it just like turns into this weird life or death situation and I'm not oh, sure why. Yeah, I'm familiar with this, but yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, and and then if you, they find out, you know, they're going around and and it turns out like the other house is their house, just in a different you know universe. And as they pass like past this threshold, they they swap them back, and all of a sudden they get lost. They don't know how to find their way back to their own universe, and they only have so much time to figure out before like the meteor is passing and they're going to be stuck. And that kind of thing where all of a sudden you're like one person and you're trying to find your home and it's no longer where it is, but it's also no longer where it is in like space itself. And you're just like fundamentally lost. And I was like, that that movie gets at what cosmic horror, I think, really tries to get at where you just feel like hopelessly small and you can't do anything about it. And it's just, you're fucked. But... If you get, I feel like in order to make that really work, you have to build like the characters up and stuff, so you care about the fact that they're fucked. Where Lovecraft never really does that. Yeah, it's not really about the characters. It's more like, isn't this concept scary? Yeah. I, I sent you pictures of Yogg-Saron, or no, um, Nizoth. Yeah, he. These are kind of cool. They're a little like maybe generic. Yeah. It's like, what if eyeballs and tentacles? Whoa! Yeah, I feel like the Blizzard staff could, you know, do better. I don't know. I think, I think everyone with talent left. Or well, that's, that's not, too bad. Like sixty percent of the people with talent left, and then the people with talent that are still there are put onto new projects that we don't see. Um, it's a little, like that's how Overwatch launched so well. They put their best team on that. That also almost killed World of Warcraft because we got, like, the worst expansion ever because they took the head off. I was like, oh, you're doing a great job. You should be on this new project. And then, like, Warcraft suffered. Sure. And they're kind of doing that again where Overwatch is suffering and World Warcraft is suffering. So it's like, okay, we better get a really good 
Diablo 4 or whatever you guys are doing with these guys, because come on now. Yeah. I... Oh, did you hear how bad Warcraft 3 is turning out? Yeah, people are really fucking upset about that. They, there's some problems with that. They they literally did not deliver the product that they promised. The demo not I only played... that, but like it overwrites like or the original Warcraft three and your battle.net is what I heard. So like if you get it, you're basically stuck with it. You can't go back. Yeah, it kinda deletes the original. They also removed like online features that were there a week ago. You know? Yeah, that's not cool. People people typically get mad when you do that. Yeah, the, the demo I played at BlizzCon like two years ago. It was a classic level with this important critical moment in the story. And they redid the whole dialogue sequence. So normally before a level starts, like the characters are standing there and you get little word bubbles. So what's going on with the plot? Yep. So they replaced that with like the camera comes down to their level and it's cinematic. And they're like standing there and they go, I can't watch you do this, Arthas. And, they, and he walks away. And it was like cut like a movie, and it's still like the in-game graphics, but the models look cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they took that out. So like, if you buy, <laughs> you could buy the game right now, you will not see what I saw at BlizzCon two years ago. They took that out. I, I saw that like as part of the advertisement for it. I think. Yeah, everyone did. So uh, you can click on the refund button there. I guess. Jesus, I didn't know they did that. There's a lot of. <laughs> they also um. They they deleted a bunch of maps that were in the online, and you right now you can't make your own custom maps because it's not working right. Like it's just buggy. That that sucks. They had to update the the Eula. Um, it it's weird. It's basically the same Eula that StarCraft Two has, but people are acting like this is new. I can't believe they're claiming ownership on the stuff you make in their game. And it's like no no no, that's standard. Like sure. don't. Don't get your panties in a bunch over that. There's a an extra sentence thrown in that you can get upset over. They can claim ownership of any uh, anything you produce using it. So if you make a machinima or a YouTube video, they can actually pull a, and like claim monetization on it. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah, they did a bunch of things wrong. <laughs> yes, yeah, fucking sounds like it. Oops. Oh, wow. it's funny, I'm going through going through the the Lovecraft book I have, just looking at the uh, the index and all the stories that are in here, and I know I've read most of these. I cannot remember what most of them are about, which oh. is maybe another kind of flaw with him as a writer. Is I, I like the fish one with the fish people. Dagon, like that Probably. was or no no that was um no the Innsmouth Innsmouth the uh, yeah Shadow over Innsmouth yeah okay. that's a good one. I liked oh. a, a Shadow out of time. I don't know if you ever read that one. No. Is that good? Yeah, that one's fucking sweet. That might be one of my favorite ones of his. Um, where basically, like, the main plot is that the, I think these archaeologists, like, find a thing and it ends up, like, swapping his body with an alien. And how, like, the aliens figure out about other planets is they, they swap bodies. So he's in the alien body and he's all of a sudden on a planet that's not his and he becomes, like, a slave and he has to write everything he knows down about Earth. And then the alien lives in his body. And so the whole time he's doing this, he's worried that like his body's going to get killed or something bad's going to happen to it. And he's not sure how much is even real anymore because like, this is so fucking weird. And like the, the alien creature he's inhabiting is like this fucked up thing that doesn't make any like 
geometric sense as far as biology goes. He's like, how can this even be real? And they're like, you got to write down everything about Earth, you know? And there's other people, like, chained to these tables writing with, like, a quill and pen and just like, here's my planet. Here's what I know about it. Here's our history that I remember, you know, shit like that. It's it's just so bizarre, and it's 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 a fucking cool story. I like that. That sounds actually interesting. Yeah, and all of his, for anybody who doesn't know, all of his stuff's in the public domain. You can find free PDFs of it really easy, and it's totally legal to do that. So if there's ever a story about by this guy you've ever thought about reading, you can you can just go do it. They're not super long either. They're usually like 15, 20 pages. Yeah, a lot of them are like even short stories. There's not mm-hmm. even, um, the, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that I just, I found this funny picture of bees attacking a car. There we go. Uh, the, so there was another Cthulhu thing that came out recently. Maybe it's not out yet. When's the release date? Um, but have you heard of Fate of Cthulhu? I feel like you brought this up off show, and that's the only reason why I know about it. I'm trying to find if it's, um, oh, yeah, I think it's officially out now. Okay, so they made a new tabletop game based on the works of H.P. Lovecraft. And it's like, I I feel like the one that we already had was good. Didn't people like Call of Cthulhu? I believe so. That's one that I hear come up. You know, basically, Dungeons and Dragons is the first tabletop game that anybody plays. And at some point they'll go, yeah, I'm kind of tired of orcs and elves. Um, And someone will say, well, what about Vampire the Masquerade? You're a vampire in modern times. Or they go, well, what about Call of Cthulhu? It's, it's spooky and totally different. So it's weird when I see people getting all excited about a new Cthulhu game because it's like, well, we already have one. Mm-hmm. But also, it's new, so it's like there's new rules, there's new mechanics, you know, a, a fresh take on it. That that sounds pretty good. I heard about it because they have a big page in there that like calls Lovecraft a racist and talks about the the sensitive themes and stuff in the story. And there's people getting all like bent out of shape about it. like blah, blah, they're babies, blah, blah, blah. and it's like shut up. But the more I looked into the actual game. The actual game looks horrible. Oh, really? <laughs> it's so um. We we were talking about like losing the intent of the story, and like the I guess the one thing Lovecraft does right is he'll have an interesting concept that is scary to think about. Yeah, this removes the concept. Now by the game, because there's a the word Cthulhu is on the cover. Well, that's the other thing is, like, Lovecraft has, like, way cooler old gods than Cthulhu. Cthulhu's not even, like, a god. He's a priest. He's an alien, giant, weird magic priest. And, like, the old gods are even bigger and worse than him. Like, Azathoth is, like, the size of a fucking galaxy or some shit. And it's like, if he wakes up, everybody dies because he'll eat the planet and scream or whatever. And so he's got fluters that keep him asleep. They look fucking weird if you look at the art of them because they're... You know, flutes are, like, attached to their bodies, and this is what they were made to do, is to soothe this thing for eternity. And, like, all that stuff's really cool. I like that as horror concept and fantasy concept. And you're like, yeah, but what about the priest with a fish head? And it's like, oh, I mean, sure, why not? He's got tentacles, I guess. I don't know. So, Fate of Cthulhu, I don't even, I don't understand the point. Like, I don't, I don't know who this is for, besides people that don't know what Lovecraft is. The... The old gods, the old ones, uh, have taken over the world. So you're a cool, um, steampunk adventurer that travels back in time to try to prevent it, but not back in time enough to like 
actually prevent it. You go just back in time enough where there's still old ones around. Okay. So that you have an excuse to play the game. Sure. And you're not like a detective fighting off madness. You're just, you're totally cool. And you get you get old god powers of corruption that make you stronger. So that was the cool thing about um, Lovecraft stuff. is like none of his protagonists are cool. Most of them are like loser shut-ins who are obsessed with a thing and barely have enough money to live. And I'm guessing he was writing about himself a lot. But then he, there's like, oh, I'm a nerd who loves architecture, and that's like the character trait. Or, um, I can't remember. What, I think he does a couple writers too, like a lot of students studying um math. Like none of his characters are stereotypically cool or strong or anything like that. Most of them are a little too smart for their own good, and they end up poking around in shit they shouldn't. And that's kind of what kicks their journey off. So well, the idea yeah. of like you're playing a cool character who has powers is like completely antithetical to every story he's written see and and last uh last year we got like two really cool cthulhu games and both of them focus on that where it's like the detective element or the snooping around and like you're basically a nobody Mm -hmm. and like one of them you had to make different interesting decisions like you could choose to drink or not and and there's like there's pluses and minuses to every action you take because you, like, you could find a science book and you read into it and it gives you like a science bonus to your science stat. But the higher your science stat is, the less likely you'll believe the weird cult stuff. So you can actually like lose out on conversation pieces because you can't even humor the NPC you're talking to. That's funny. So you miss out on clues. Sure. And then if you don't understand science enough, you run the risk of like making very bad decisions in, on the inverse. Um, but you'll also understand what's really going on. And you can, uh, what was the other thing? Like, like with drinking, there's kind of like, if you don't drink at all, I think you're more likely to succumb to madness. But if you drink any, then it, like, it helps you stave off the madness part. But there are other, like, there's other things where, like you can't focus as much. Okay. And it kind of hinders, it's kind of almost like an easy mode. Interesting. Where you want to not drink, and that's hard mode. And I mean, it's that, not. I, I would be playing on easy mode. <laughs> well, it's just what's interesting is that you kind of want to find all the different endings because it's okay, interesting yeah. to see the game from these different angles. Uh, at some point, if you read enough spooky stuff, you actually just start speaking the cult language without realizing it. Oh, that's cool! And it's it's startling the first time you do it. Like it, it comes up on the bottom where there's like a text option that was never there before. That's these like weird characters, and when you hover it, you can understand what it is. And like, wait, why do I know that language? And it puts you there, you know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds a lot better than the stupid tabletop game. And then they're doing, okay, is there a, is there a word for these, uh, so Fate of Cthulhu does this, um, Thundercats Roar does this, Ghostbusters 2016 does this. They, they take an intellectual property that already has fans, they announce a product direct the audience to those fans and go, Hey guys, are you ready for a new product? And then they show a product that is not to the taste of those fans. And then they call those fans bigots for it. Um, we're not bigot. That's not the right word. They, they say you're being childish. Yeah. They deride the fan. They deride the fan. I I feel like it's just like, a marketing team completely missing the point or just not getting it. 
but this I know what formula you're keeps about. happening in this very specific way. I feel well, like there's because, a word like, for it. Everything's so like creatively bankrupt, or at least there's enough creative bankruptcy going on right now. We're like, well, we'll just remake shit over and over and over again, and eventually we'll strike gold. So like, I get why they would reboot Thundercats, right? But if you're going to make it into a Teen Titans cartoon, which is fine, I don't have a problem with that. But then you're expecting people who grew up over my age to go, oh, I can't wait to watch Teen Titans, but it's the Thundercats. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really into that. Also, Thundercats is fucking terrible anyway, so anybody, like, really being upset is stupid, but... Fuck you. <laughs> I never, I could, I never gave that much of it. I would not watch the Thundercats. I enjoyed it, but I'm not going to, like, hold it well, to did any... did you like the second one? I never watched that one. Mm, you should give that one a try. It's off to a slow start, and then they canceled it. Yeah, but that's true. I, I still think it's worth a watch. <laughs> Apparently, they canceled it because the toy sales weren't enough. And it's like, how do you, how do you misbudget that? What is wrong with you? I have to wonder when they're making toys for stuff now. How they have to approach that because it's like there's going to be the people my age who like the property that want to buy it, and then there's going to be the kids who want to buy and play with them. You have to balance those things because I don't want like cheap shitty toys. I want like good sculpts that I can position and, and set up and look cool on my bookshelf. But that's no, expensive. You know, parents don't want to pay for that, right? Well, toys are in a rough spot right now because kids don't even like toys that much anymore. I suppose they all have like iPads and shit now. And they play I, apps and. Minecraft. Like, and... Seriously, when I was teaching at the uh, at the Sunday school, like the only thing any of those kids ever wanted was an, was a phone. And then eventually You're they, would, they out, wouldn't dude. stop talking about like Fortnite and V Bucks for Fortnite. But mostly you it there? was I want a phone, I want a tablet. And as soon as they got yeah, one, man. it's like I can't believe my parents won't get me Minecraft. And like and like Christmas would come and they would say, Yeah, my parents got me a bike Lost or they got connection. me a Lego set. Okay, and it's like, I well, just wanted a tablet and they'd like sit and cry. Close. There we go. Is this working? Test. I can Test. hear you. There we go. Yep, there we go. Okay. Kay, Are you Sunday still recording? School. What? You see you're saying talking about the Sunday school and we cut out. I'm sorry. You're you're still recording? I'm still recording. I haven't stopped. Okay. I'll just cut that. Um, Where did I stop? You were just brought up uh, kids at the Sunday school not playing with toys. Yeah. They just want a phone. They just want a tablet. Um, As soon as they get a phone or a tablet, they just want Minecraft. And about the time I quit, they just wanted Fortnite V-Bucks. I feel kind of... I, I have fond memories like playing with toys right when I was a kid and just like getting all the stuff from the different properties together, making them fight and go on adventures and just, just you know, fucking, like, nonsense fan fiction, basically. And, uh, in G.I. Joe's and all that stuff, like, having a lot of fun with that. And I definitely don't have that, like, imagination now, because I know there are probably still adults who actually play with toys, and it's like, that's... F- maybe don't. And I don't know if you... You might be one of those, I can't remember. <laughs> no, I collect them. I display them. Yeah, because I mean, there's certain things you do ironically with, like, Greg the Game Wizard. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the extent. And even then, like, I made a puppet and I'm playing with toys. But for the the end result of a joke that I'm going to be sharing with people. Yeah. Like, that's the driving factor. It's not like, I really want my puppet to talk about the, uh, the Star Wars doll I bought. But, yeah, it, 
I, I really used to enjoy stuff like that, and it, it's kind of weird to me that, like, people that age that can have that kind of fun, these physical objects, and they have guns that shoot, and you gotta go get the missile, load them back in, hope the spring doesn't break, like, like, yeah, video games are cool, and they deliver a, a, a more, uh, I guess, rule-abiding experience, and you don't have to make things, I don't know, it just, it seems kind of like a waste, but at the same time, like, I've seen toy commercials now, and most of them are fucking stupid, I'm just like, what happened to the cool action figures I used to buy? And it's like, well, Chad, they were never really cool, you were just ten. Well, I mean, it used to be stuff like, uh, stuff was harder to find, too. I remember when I was really, when I was younger and Jurassic Park came out, like, the one thing I wanted was a Velociraptor action figure. And it's like, you couldn't get them. You know, the store is sold out. And yeah. now it's like, oh, do you want one? Yeah, let me go on Amazon. Yeah, I'll be here in an hour. Yeah, like, there was a certain special, like, aspect of walking down, like, the twilight aisle of a Walmart also, or a Target, seeing what's there. You also got to, like, look forward to things. I remember... Um, not to just sound old, but it's like if I if I if a new video game came out, I didn't know it was coming out. It's like we'd go to the rental store, and it's like there's a Sonic Hedgehog three. Yeah, and you play it, and it's like wow, this is the first I'm seeing this. I don't even know where the ending is. I don't know what to expect next. And now it's like the day something comes out, there's already a full like playthrough on YouTube. And if anything, that might be more entertaining than the product that costs money. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, honestly, like, you know how PewDiePie is, like, the number one subscribed person on YouTube? Yep. You know how he got there? Appealing to children? Well, it, per- partially it's just how YouTube works, where they used to have a thing where it would be, like, a top ten chart of most subscriptions. So people just click on the guy that's number one, and that snowballed it. Oh, sure. So, oops. Um, But how he got there in the first place was he was like the first one to do Minecraft Let's Plays. So, you take Minecraft where all the kids won't shut up about it. So, some kids at school, their parents won't buy the Minecraft. And all they want is Minecraft because they want to fit in. And their parents won't buy a Minecraft. So, they're just they're on their computer and they're Googling, I want Minecraft. I want Minecraft. And then YouTube comes up, and there's someone with, like, hours of content of Minecraft. And so they're watching it, because, oh, I, I just, if I was, oh, I wish I could play Minecraft, I'll just watch. I'll watch and I'll dream. Mm-hmm. And they listen to this guy talking about Minecraft, and it feels like having a friend. And then they've developed this habit of just watching a Let's Play. And it's like, that's all they want. It, it <laughs> you, could, you could go outside, you could play with your Legos, but no, just Minecraft is what's most important. I'm old. Can you tell? It's just weird. Like, I remember when I was younger, I used to love Transformers and Beast Wars. We ended up getting a bunch of their toys, and that was fucking awesome because I could be like, oh, I have these toys. I have, I can make them fight, and I can go on adventures, and, and, and I don't have to watch the TV show to do this. And kids now have Marvel, and the juggernaut that is Marvel, and all their characters. And it's just like, you can you could just create comic books worth of adventures if you own these toys and you're 10 and you're having a good time playing, you know, like, I have Iron Man, he's gonna fight Thor and all this shit, and it, it just... And the, the, the toys are well-sculpted, they're just kind of expensive, but... It, it, it... You would think that they would be doing well with their target demographic, just, I guess, anecdotally, because, holy fuck, I would be all over those things if I was, you know, 8 or 10 or whatever, and just want to collect them all so I could tell stories with them. Maybe the real cosmic horror is getting old. What's the last toy you bought? Uh, 
I bought a Alien 3 dog alien. Oh, you talked about that. Yeah, it's on my bookshelf. It looks fucking cool. So I recently bought a Dark Samus Amiibo. Oh, nice. I was at Best Buy looking at, at monitors, right? And I just walked by, and they have a bunch of Dark Samus Amiibos. And I'm like, Dark Samus? What? I literally forgot Dark Samus was in Smash Brothers. I, I play her all the time. And I then I realized, it. like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I really like the sculpt. It's cool. It's got this neat paint effect, so it's kind of, like, shiny and odd looking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, they kind of nailed it. This this looks so nice. And it dawned on me, I can't remember the last time I even played Smash Brothers. And it's like, I just, I have so many games now. And I remember when I had my Sega Genesis, I had a total of five cartridges. Yep. And now it's like video games are literally free. Like, you could go to Steam right now and you click on the free-to-play section. And you can find infinite hours of entertainment for free. Well, they're pretty finite because eventually you're going to die. No. Spooky. Mm. Oh, did you see the new Star Trek ship on Star Trek Online? No. I got to do my daily after the show. Do we want to combined... talk about Star Trek? Because I just watched that Picard thing, or did we cover that off the show? Oh, we could talk about that. Um, But the, the new ship, they combined the Federation ship with the Klingon ship. It's like a joint effort to symbolize unison between the factions. Does it look cool? And so it's like, it's half... I think so. It, I, my first impression was that it looked dumb. But the longer I looked at it, it's like, no, I kind of like it. I don't know if this is a good picture or not. I finished my Guinness. Yeah, that's kind of a neat ship. So it's got the shape of like a Klingon bird of prey, but it has the saucer kind of on the front. Yeah, that's cool. Um, And you can color it a lot of different ways, too. So I've seen people get actually, like, really uh, creative with how they present it. Um, Like, here's a red one. Let me just send you this, because it shows the back. That's the ship's butt. That's the ship's butt. But it's cool. It's got this neat... Um, there's a, there's a cool passive on it, where basically, the more shields you're missing, the more DPS buff you get. Oh, fun. But you can also spec into recharging your shields really quickly. So what's interesting is I've seen some people speculating, like this is kind of a grind to get, so people haven't gotten hands-on with it really. But people are are theory building that they want to do something where you actually have like weak shields, but then spec into that like fast recharge thing. And then also put on like a stealth thing. Because theoretically you could just like, as soon as you start to take damage unload your torpedoes and then stealth out of there the shields come back you come out of stealth and you get an out of stealth damage like ambush attack and you just Hmm. like cycle this and it might be a shortcut to doing massive damage cool in in the in an ideal situation i feel like it's risky too but but yeah you wanted to talk about picard because you watched it i did watch picard you you asked me to watch picard and it was i tricked you into watching star trek yeah and um it was pretty fun. I actually, I, I largely enjoyed it. I feel like uh, it, it felt weirdly like a first episode of a thing, despite it being in a universe that's had a lot of work done on it, and you know, with a character that's been around for many seasons. As far as like just some of the way the, the, the dialogue felt a little forced to move the plot in a specific direction, and you know, we need to have a couple action scenes here and here for commercial breaks and stuff like that. Like it, 
it felt like a constructed thing instead of a story in a lot of respects, but the story itself that it was trying to tell, I think it was fun. I really liked uh, Patrick Stewart a lot, and I think he was he was great, and the it was fun. I, I, I there's some really cool stuff with data and the and yeah, I had I had a, largely had a good time with it, and I guess uh if you really like Star Trek, you you won't do that. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. This came out and it upset me, but I'm seeing a lot of people defending it, and I thought that was interesting because the stuff about this one that upset me is the exact same stuff with Discovery, and people don't defend Discovery as much, but they're defending this one. And trying to figure out, like, well, what's the difference? It's the same garbage. So that's why I asked you to watch it, was because you have, like, fresh eyes. You might be the only person in the world that could give me an honest opinion. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Like, literally, I, I could not trust anyone else because they're going to have their tint to it. Um, But the, the Star Virgin Chad was, was still my ally in these dark times. Yay, I'm the Star Virgin. So... You watched it, and your first word back was really positive. So it's like, okay, that solves the puzzle. It's just not for me. Yep. Because I, I proceeded to write a daggum essay about everything I reviled about it. And there were all details that are not in the show. They're external context stuff. It's it, not even like expanded universe stuff, but like canonical stuff. Mm hmm. But also not present within this series. Yeah, because I remember reading some of those. I was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I recognize some of these proper nouns. I've heard of the Klingons. Right. So it's just, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I cannot take this at all. But if you don't realize some of this stuff or any of it, yeah, you could actually enjoy the show. I kind of, I still hate that fight sequence. It definitely felt a bit much. I hate the explosion that, like, should have killed Picard. Yeah, that was also a bit much. Um, I have a feeling that girl is not going to be dead either. Like, yeah. I know she's got a twin, but I'm just like, no, that there's no way they, they killed her. You're going <laughs> to... Don't lie to me. It's also weird, like, why why was it a girl? If they cloned Data, why did it come out as a girl? Because they said he wanted daughters. So that's what's funny. Um, he he's he literally his exact quote was, "I don't want to assign my child a gender. I think it should decide." Oh, really? So that, that, that actually is brought up in the show at one point. There's an episode where where Data made a child, and it's literally an androgynous android. And as it develops a consciousness, it decides to name itself Lol, and it decides to be female. So they kind of help give it a more feminine appearance, and it gets like a dress and stuff, and and cute hair. Okay, interesting. I had no fucking idea that was a thing. Right. So somebody read like the cliff notes, and like, oh, daughter, Data had a daughter. Well, just what if he has daughters? Okay. Like they they didn't watch the episode. They're not fans of Star Trek. <laughs> okay, that that's interesting then, because there are elements of this that really felt Star Trek, and elements that didn't. And so I'm guessing, yeah, you have a writer team that maybe. Some of them like Star Trek, and some of them were brought on because they were good at writing similar things as far as, like, action or space opera or thriller or whatever. Like, we need these people because they can help tell a story like this for TV, but they don't know the details, and we have to mesh them together. I, don't, I guess I don't know the writing credits for episode one, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. So, I, 
I could go on and on and on about what I didn't like about it. I'm going to sound like I'm just parodying the, the Red Letter Media review. Because um, those guys are, are turbo nerds. They know Star Trek more than I do. So they point out all kinds of examples, left and right, here and there. You said one down. of them brought out like a star map? Well, yeah, there's, that's another thing. Like they're, they're talking funny. about the politics of evacuating the Romulans. And it's like the Romulans own half the galaxy. Like there are a bunch of planets that they could evacuate to. So yeah, it's see, it that... was funny when you told me that because, like, when they were mentioning it in the show, it sounds like this is some serious shit. The humans had to get involved, or people are gonna die. And you're like, no, no, the Romulans are like, like a, a space empire, like Rome, only, yeah. you know, the half the universe. And you're like, oh, that's uh, that changes things around doing that information. So, so when I'm watching it, I'm picturing Rome burning. And everyone decided, well, I'll just not walk away. We we literally have an empire of war vessels, but let's not fly away. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's it, you know the sun's gonna explode. Um, we gotta we got you know what? I, I'll just die. I'm, well, the I'm other good. thing is they're not like at war with the Romulans anymore, right? Like, isn't that like first gen Star Trek? So the war with the Romulans predates first gen Star Trek. So there's a certain level of, like, a lot of time has passed. Why was this controversial? And as someone who learned that from you, like, two days ago, it, it was totally great in the show not knowing any of that information. I was fucking on board. But I can definitely see why you're, why you're mad and why other fans are mad. Like, it's a shame that they seem like they're... It's a sequel to a thing, but it's avoiding all the rules that it needs to have in place to be a proper sequel. So here's... I, I have a funny... um, I just... This idea sparked in my head this second. What if the the first episode is um, a year ago? No, not even a year ago. Uh, five years ago, uh, Earth, okay? Then all of a sudden, these weird spaceships we've never seen before show up and start shooting and, like, attacking the, the Federation fleet, right? Okay. And they're just, like, they're fighting, and they, they got an ambush, and they, they killed people. But also, like, they just can't outgun the Federation, and the Federation just blows them all up. And it's like, what's going on? It's like, oh, we don't know. These aliens, we got to find where they came from. And they, they track down where the aliens came from, and they're from a previously undiscovered planet that's on the verge of dying. And they need to find a new home, so they thought they'd just invade another planet and, and live there. Um, And so then, like, they start fighting over it, and Picard's like... No, we should help them. I know they attacked us, but it would be the right thing to help them. And then the narrative is the same moving on. And yeah, cut I mean, forward, that would... he helped them, and there's like some refugees living on his farm, and people are like, You're gonna you're gonna side with the Blasimores after they attacked us? And it's like they were desperate. We can fix this, we can make things better, we don't have to continue the cycle of hatred. It's like, but can we trust them? And it, you would understand because maybe it, there's reason to not have trust. Right. Because we don't know them. Yeah, like, the idea of, like, them ticking off the name Romulans, it feels like, okay, here's it. We have, like, this checklist of alien names we can use. Which ones do people recognize? Like, you know, it's like, oh, the Romulans. Oh, I've heard of those. I've I've been in enough conversations about Star Trek to know that that's an alien race in Star Trek, right? Like, I don't know the backstory, but I, I okay, here we are. We're in Star Trek. And I, I've, maybe that's what they did instead of doing a new one, and that's a shame. So, I to summarize my point, and again, I'm just... At this point, I'm just repeating stuff I heard on Red Letter. Sure. But this is my frustration. Star Trek used to be um, 
it, it was inspirational because they presented like a utopia of where humanity will be. Like we can achieve peace. We can achieve equality. You know, like people, people will literally not think about money because money is such a far removed concept. They will like not think about race because no one thinks about race anymore. And it's like, we can achieve this and it's optimistic. And this has turned into um, Fox News is always going to yell at Picard and and humans are always be racist. And it's like they're telling a story and they're getting a little preachy with it. But it's so it's backwards from how Star Trek is. It's like basically the story of Star Trek is that we will at some point achieve peace and utopia and then regress because that would be more interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't have a horse in the race, right? I I watched the first episode and largely thought and it again, was pretty fun. And again, you liked it. <laughs> it's they 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 did something that was worth watching, right? The problem is, is I'll never watch episode two because I'm not going to get CBS streaming or whatever the fuck it is. So I guess you know. Let me ask you this: if it if all the episodes were free online, would you care enough to watch episode two and see where it goes? Honestly, yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, that's a good review. Um. Someone sent me a screenshot of episode three, and they're on a Borg ship. And the Borg ship, they had a little sign hanging on a wall that said, uh, days since last assimilation, and somebody wrote in, like, 3,789. And it's like, I don't want to watch this. I think that's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. That, that, that's one of the... God, it's such appealing to such a, like, my version. Like, I know what the Borg are. I saw the cube at the end of the first episode. I was like, oh, that's the fucking Borg. Look at them. I can't remember anything about them, but I know they're Borgs. And I remember having conversations in middle school about what, what was better, a Borg cube or a Death Star. So this is, like, you know, pinging that kind of nostalgia in my head. Yeah. And and again, I... <laughs> the, so one of the Red Litter Media guys um does not watch Star Trek. And so they they have this running gag kind of whenever like whenever one of the Trek nerds brings up Star Trek, the you know, the one guy is gonna sit there and get really bored real fast and the camera will like slowly zoom in on his bored face. Sure. And so he was doing the camera work for the Star Trek episode. And at some point they said, Well, you know, the the writers of Picard are probably the same as Jay. Uh Jay, what do you know about Star Trek? And so you hear him like off camera just saying, uh I know engage. And the Borg. And he's like, he's listing these little bullet points that you've seen on t-shirts. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's what this kind of feels like. It's like, it's a cursory, do you remember Star Trek? Well, that's good enough. We're going to capitalize on what you remember about Star Trek, not what Star Trek is. And I want to say, yeah, it's that thing where, okay, they, they took something that I know about, and they say, hey, fan, you're going to love it, and then they make it, and it's I don't love it. Hmm. But that's not to say they didn't put a lot of effort into it, and they didn't make something worth watching. It's just not for me. Well, I like that it feels like kind of high-budget sci-fi as a TV show. We don't get a lot of those anymore, or kind of ever. Like, they're, they're few and far between. The production and, value's there. Yeah, and so you're seeing the spaceships and the robots and the the technology and everything like that, and it's just like, oh man, sci-fi shit's cool. It's a shame it's expensive to do. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I, I've I've seen a little bit of the next generation and just older Star Trek, and you're like, this was, this could have had a little higher budget. People could have acted a bit better. It was very much like the show it is, you know, and it and they they did with 
they made do with what they had, but this many years later, like my, I guess my expectations for something, you know, they're, they're higher because I've been introduced to just stuff with, you know, like Firefly or whatever is pretty good production values for what it is, and acting's really good, and the characters are, are, are really well defined. And so you go back a few decades and you watch Star Trek and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> so I don't know. It, Star Trek is stupid. Like, my some of my favorite episodes, like in the original series, they, they meet um Abraham Lincoln. You know really? what I mean? Yeah, like, they do. They go on like, uh, they do some like time travel shit. It's stupid. They're wearing bright, colorful uniforms, you know, like it. It's basically, it's like it's for children, but it was accidentally written a little too smart for children. Yeah. It's super campy. And even like in Next Generation, it's not like they evolve a whole lot. Like they get a little better, but there's some silly things that happen. So it's just, I feel like if they want to handle serious topics and really like, let's let's dig into this. I don't know that Star Trek's the right medium for it. Like if they, if Netflix does a, a new He-Man series... What lessons do you want to learn from He-Man? You know? Is that the right place to have a, a serious topical conversation about today's issues? That reminds or- me of a comic that came out last year called Battle Pug. And it was just like, here's a macho barbarian. He's got a big sword and he's riding a giant pug, the dog. And it's, it's very cute and then it's violent. And then it's just like, also, here's modern day politics, but written in the worst way possible. And it's like, holy shit, this is a fucking mess. This this is trying to do things it has no business doing because it is just not the right vessel for it, and the writers are not good enough to to do it. Right. So that's kind of the vibe I get from Picard, I guess. I can see where, that. Where it's it's not that there's something wrong with the show. It's like I don't know who this is for because they're they're capitalizing on nostalgia and breaking away from everything that makes it Star Trek. Sure. At the same time, and it's like I. Would anyone watch this if it was original? Like, if, if CBS came out with a new sci-fi show um, called uh, The Orbit, and there's a there's a, a veteran from Space League, and, and he's retired now, but he wants to do the right thing. Like, would anyone care? You know what? You need the name recognition to get people in. I get it. Yeah, that's definitely the time we live in. It's just, that's how it is. It's just now... It's getting to the point where I don't trust name recognition anymore. Like, if they were to announce uh, new Beast Wars, I can't get excited about it. I have to wait and see. Yep. I'm not going to care until I see it. At the same time, if they do it, they, I'd hope they would do it right, because that would be cool. Beast Wars! Then they have, like, new toys with their fucking cool toys. Like, it's Beast Wars toys. Is that the actual theme for that, or is this... Yeah, they, and then all the, yeah, all the animals are transforming into the robots. Yeah. Beast Wars, and like the logo shines up there. Oh, I, remember, I was trying to remember where the last time I heard that was, and it was a fucking YouTube video. He's playing that music between segments. So, that's an inside joke. Richard's going to have that song stuck in his head for the next three weeks. Oh, good. You're welcome, I didn't Richard. I it was that easy. We love Hi, you. Hi, Richard. We had Richard um, on, we talked about ghosts, and then I was like, remember the movie Ghost Ship? I never saw it. <laughs> that was, like, <laughs> my only contribution to that fucking train wreck of an episode. I don't know, I think that was a good episode. <laughs> I don't I don't think Richard contributed a lot either, and I just embarrassed everyone with how much I know about ghosts, and you had to listen to me. 
Yeah, so I like this show a lot. <laughs> this show is so dumb. I don't know. Do you have any uh, closing remarks? Um, no. Okay. Part of me is like, you know, we the next writing episode we should do is like, we should do cosmic horror, but then I write that shit as short stories all the fucking time, so I don't know if it would be special. Uh, you know, we have fun workshopping stuff, though. Yeah, it could be it could be something to think about. I really I like their Star Wars episode a lot. Usually, the the stuff we try to write things is a lot of fun. Yeah, I liked um. You wrote a sci-fi story recently. I enjoyed. Yeah, the the Space Station Thirteen one. That was good stuff. Where can people read your stuff? Um, uh, let me think. It's conquers.wordpress. Conquersblog.wordpress.com, I believe. Let me let me double check. I made a I made a MySpace page because I guess MySpace is still working. That kind of made me laugh. Yeah, that was you told me that. I was just like, I don't, I don't know why you would do that, but I guess I'm, it works. So I, I made it for my Final Fantasy character, and I just, I put, <laughs> I'll put a screenshot of my character, and then like a moody like teenage poem. Nice. So like it's my character standing like standing like there's a bunch of people having party on a beach, and I'm standing like under a tree from in the distance like watching them. I'll just put the caption, like, you ever feel like you're standing in the shade, even in the sun? <laughs> it's just, like, all of my all my screenshots are like that. And then it, it also, like, all my music is just random Linkin Park songs. Nice. And I put this, I put the MySpace URL in my, uh, in my character page. So if you're in-game and you see me and you go, I wonder what that person's story is. Normally there's, like, a bio or what you're looking for. Mine is just a MySpace link that goes to this page to, like, cringe... That's fucking great. I love it. You're you're a gem. So far, ten people have messaged me saying MySpace is still a thing. <laughs> and I go, if you can't handle it, don't. No, oh my god. <laughs> I feel like we're like peanut butter and chocolate. We're we're we're, we're just different enough. We approach things different, but man, it's a good old combination. Maybe I I feel like I'm just embarrassing we're vodka and orange juice oh yeah see okay see a screwdriver would have been another good podcast show title but i feel like that one's taken yeah probably oh well uh well do you have a clad space yeah it's not the joker oh yeah you saw joker yeah that's not my glad space you didn't like it that much it was okay I'm glad we're on the same page there. If if you came back and said Joker was actually really good, I would have been like more upset than the Picard thing. <laughs> I I didn't hate my time with it. I largely enjoyed it, but man, there's like some weird problems with that movie, and I feel like it thinks it's way smarter than what it is. So yeah, I I felt that way watching it the first time, but overall, it's like yeah, it's it's okay. You know, I don't regret watching it. Exactly. Um, uh, did you? Joaquin Phoenix does a great job. Well, he does. I think he's the only one that does a great job. I don't think the director or the writer did. Like, yeah, uh, he he do, he brings something interesting that's worth watching. But again, I wish it wasn't called Joker. I wish it was just called Clown or Laugh or something. It should have been called Clown, and then it should had have had nothing to do with Batman because the B plot was fucking terrible. And just the the weird like I hate the giant rats. Like I couldn't tell is this supposed to be a campy comic book or not? You know. I don't even remember seeing giant rats. Oh, God, that's how it like, started off as like, oh, plague New Yorker, Gotham City, plagued by giant rats. They're huge. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess that's something that would happen in Gotham. <laughs> but they're in the movie, too. 
I don't remember seeing them. Yeah, you see like a dog-sized rat like running around the corner while he's on the phone booth or something. Like, oh they're in, yeah, they're in the background and it's like distracting because it's like okay, this this movie is so serious and depressing, and then here's like a cartoon character running by. Yeah, it's like I guess I didn't notice them that much. It, yeah, they're not in the foreground, which is for the best, but they shouldn't be there at all. I like I how uh, right before he shoots the guy at the end, he basically says to the audience, we live in a society. Well, he also, like, he breaks character. Like, he talks in a way that he's never talked before, and he doesn't do his, like, his nervous laugh or anything. He breaks like, character a lot. Like, the nervous laugh thing is, like, really hard in, like, the first half an hour. Like, this is a defining trait of this character. And then for, like, 20 minutes, it goes away. And then it comes back, and you're like, oh, I guess, I guess there wasn't a turning point where he got over this. Then it goes away again. Well, and it's, know, like, it's it, only around when the plot needs it to be. I wish they tied it to his medication, and once he's cut off from his medication, he changed. But he yeah. doesn't. It's just random. Exactly. You, you I, can't I, tell I when he's on it, his meds or not. I thought they tied it to when he first killed somebody, because it seemed like after he did that, it stopped. But, but then, then it he comes back. Again. Yeah, it's it, that's weird. Um, He basically just... when he <laughs> The entrance, like the build-up to his introduction to the stage... And when he walks out and he and he like kisses the lady and he's dancing and everybody's like eating it up, it's like this is so interesting. What's gonna happen next? Like, what, where is this really gonna go? And then he's like doing the bit where I I love where he he reaches back and you think he's gonna grab the gun and he pulls out his joke book and it's like yeah oh, okay what's he gonna do? And he's like flipping through it slowly, and it's like a comedy bit, but you're not sure if he's actually reading or if he's in control of the situation. And it's like I can't read this. What's going on? This is interesting. And then he stops being interesting and reads a 4chan post and then shoots Yeah. Him. And it's like, okay. And I just stopped caring. My, I had a lot of issues with that scene. Like, there are great moments of that scene, but also, like, a lot of the parts of this movie, but that one especially, like, it ruined my suspension of disbelief. Like, I don't think they would have ever had him on dressed as the Joker when there's an anarchy movement with everyone dressed as the Joker. Like, there's just no way at that point in time that they would have done that kind of shock thing for, like, this show. I, j- I didn't buy it at all. But then when he's like, I killed those two people, like, I feel like they would have pulled him off right away. They would not have kept that going. And he's yeah. having this conversation with a guy, and it's just like, why are you engaging with him? I don't know why you would do this. This is your show. You're supposed to be in control, and you are. You could have security remove him right now, and the audience would go fucking wild, and you'd get the cops to come. So... I, I feel like there's two things, um, not to do one of those rewrite things real quick, but I was literally reflecting on this in the shower this morning, and I would change two things. Um, when he's on the sofa and he's talking to what's-his-name and telling the jokes or whatever that aren't landing, um, and he's basically, he's out of material, and they're like, what are you doing here? Um, and he confesses, I'm the one that shot those two guys on the subway. And he and he should he should deliver it the same way where he's like proud of it almost, yeah. Like he's delivering that as a joke, and it's like he really doesn't understand what a joke is. And the reaction should be like, "Oh, oh, God. um, <clears throat> and like, hey, what's wrong with you?" He should start crying there, and he should like it, he should be frustrated and breaking, and he should be explaining, "See, this is what I'm talking about." Um, you know, they were, they were beating me. They were going to kill me. I defend myself and now I'm the bad guy, but he should be like crying while he delivers this and like deeply emotional and it should slowly ease into him laughing where it's like, he's kind of crazy about it now. 
Sure. And no one knows what's really going on. And it should be unsettling because you don't know what he's going to do next. And then it can turn into the the same thing where he pulls the gun out and shoots him, right? Mm-hmm. I think he should he should shoot him and then, like, walk towards the camera. And then he can give his, like, overly confident 4chan post speech. And the camera should be focused on him. And everyone in the audience should, like, stand up and start clapping. And then it cuts to him hallucinating this in the police car. That um, would be way better <laughs> leaving leaving the apartment where he killed his friend and he, that he basically been, oh, he didn't man. go to the show he didn't make it that would have been great that would have been so in line with all his other stuff too cuz he's hallucinating his relationship with that girl yeah which... he he hallucinates a couple times and even like the ending it almost implies the entire movie was a hallucination which also like why did i watch the movie i don't well, then who is this character i don't care yeah it's stupid and then I know just, like, politically, the the movie's doing, it's like, there are poor people that are mad at the rich, there are cops that are kind of abusive, there's anarchy, there's all of these things, there's mental illness. But it's not actually saying anything about any of them, it's just sort of like, man, life sucks, doesn't it? A lot of things can go wrong. And it's like, that's not, like, you're using all of these big ticket items that people are talking about every day, and they want, they want more than just, oh, the, the 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 rich are bad, but so are the poor. Like I, the movie is so toothless. Like it, it's trying to be about something, but it's not about anything, and it's really kind of disappointing that it's won so or nominated for so many fucking Oscars. Where it's just like there's there's nothing really here. It's just kind of like a, a fun thriller that you watch and then it's over. So Oscars are this weekend. Yep. Um, I know it's a rule, but let's not do a glad space. Let's do something new a new segment we're going to close the show out with called I Hate the Joker. That's the segment. Okay. And uh, how many Oscars do you think it'll win at the Oscars? Um, I have to see what ones it's nominated for because I don't remember. I know it's nominated for 11. Yeah. I don't even care. Just, just spitball a number. Four. I'm guessing three. So... If it wins more than three, or if it wins more than four, then we hate the Joker. Okay. And everybody wins. So, listeners at home, look it up and tell me now if we won. <laughs> yeah, because I'm probably not going to watch the. I know I'm not going to watch the Oscars. Well, so it's it's this it's this coming up weekend, so I don't know yet. So I have to li- Richard, Richard, turn on, t- push the audio button on the podcast app. It's definitely going to win Best Actor. I don't know if it's going to win Best Picture. I would be upset if it did. There's got to be better fucking movies. Richard, you got to speak louder. I can't hear you, hon. <laughs> it's not working. Okay, well, I guess we'll find out next week who who hates the Joker more. Okay, let's. We'll do, we will. Okay. It's funny because my glad space was going to be the Big Bang Theory, but now we're not doing it. I guess we'll save that for next week. Big Bang Theory is good. Bazinga, bye everyone. Bazingos. And remember, the real bazinga is the zingos we bing along the way. I'm going to cut that. That doesn't work.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. This week we discussed the works of H.P. Lovecraft as well as some other topics. However, we do wish to remind you that H.P. Lovecraft is a confirmed racist. And if you listen to this week's episode, you too are a racist. Stare, he's sure you're not being swingish now, man.